Do you want to know more about the U.S. immigration law and how it works? Not only that, but through a real immigration lawyer? If so, you're in the right place. For anyone interested in immigration law as it applies to the U.S. and how to solve real problems, this podcast is for you. If you're in a relationship with somebody from another country and thinking about taking it to the next step, or if you're in a relationship with someone in the U.S. illegally and don't know what to do, we provide the answers. Hi, I'm Jawana and your host for Immigration Law with Montana PC. They've hired me to produce this show for you, and everything that I'm going to provide is checked and verified by a licensed immigration attorney. We started our podcast series with a 10,000-foot view on what an immigration lawyer does. In our general discussion, we explain among the most common procedure an immigration lawyer helps with are visas. So today we're going to fill in the blanks and go into details. We're going to start with the basics of do you need a visa, because not everyone does. If you need a visa, which one do you need? We will guide you by what you want to do in America. A tourism visa has different requirements than a working visa. And what about working visas? How do you get one? We first clear up common misconceptions about working visas. Next, we'll go over the general process. People come to the U.S. not only to work, but to study. And we'll talk about study visas as well. Lastly, we'll skim over specialized visas and which one's right for you. So let's get started. So visas are for people hoping to visit, work, or study in the United States temporarily, not on a permanent basis. There are many different types of U.S. visas. So this is your guide to the different types of U.S. visas, and hopefully you find it useful and interesting. So let's start with the beginning. Do you need a visa to visit the U.S.? If so, what type do you need? So let's look at the most important thing first. Number one, do you even need a visa? Do you need a visa to come into the U.S.? Some countries are simply visa exempt. In other words, there's no visa needed. You simply apply at the U.S. border or at an airport before flying to the U.S. A good example of this is Canada. Most but not all Canadians wishing to come to the U.S. will fit into this category. Another exemption to the visa rule is those wishing to visit the U.S. for business or pleasure from companies that are members of the Visa Waiver Program. For example, if you're a business visitor from Germany, after qualifying through an ESTA application, you may simply purchase an airline ticket and travel to America. Assuming you can gain admission to the U.S., you are authorized to remain here for up to 90 days to conduct your business. For those wishing to come to the U.S. who do not fit either of these categories, let's take a brief look at the various other categories. So there's visitor visa for business or pleasure. Let's consider visas for business or pleasure. If your country is not part of the visa waiver program, you must apply for a visitor visa to come here for business or pleasure. So, for example, if you're from Brazil and you'd like to visit Yellowstone National Park in Montana and Wyoming, you need to get a B2 tourist visa. Alternatively, if you're from Mexico and plan to come to the U.S. to meet with business associates, you might get a B1 visa. In both cases, you would be eligible to stay the time allowed by your I-94 issued by Customs and Border Patrol, or CBP, at the arriving port of entry, which is generally up to 180 days. Another type of visa is a working visa. The second most popular visa after tourist visas is in fact work visas. There are lots of visas for working and a range of professions are covered. 
That is because U.S. immigration law provides different visas for each work-related vocation or job. As an example, you could come to the States with an R1 visa if you wish to work as a minister, or come here with an H2A visa if you desire to work as a temporary agriculture worker. If you find work visas that are relevant for everything in the U.S. from investment and trade to working in the States as an entertainer or artist, which is an E2 investor visa or an O1 artist visa. Worker visas differ in length depending on the specific visa type. Some allow you to stay for less than one year, like the H2A agriculture visa. Others, like the O1 artist visa, allow multiple years, up to three. Now, what most people don't understand about work visas is who applies for the visa. Many people who want to work in the United States think that they can simply apply for a worker's permit or visa. Now, this belief comes from the approach adopted by countries like Australia and Canada. These countries allow potential workers to apply directly to the government for permission to work. However, that's not the way it works in America. For nearly all working visas, U.S. immigration law provides that the employer is responsible for making work visa applications. The employer fills in relevant visa application naming prospective worker as a beneficiary of the employer's petition to the Federal Department of Labor and the United States Citizenship and Immigration Service. If the employer's portion of the application is approved, the employer provides you with the approval notice from the USCIS, and then you make an application for working visas from your home country. An important part of this employer-driven process is who bears the inevitable costs and fees of the visa. Now, this is the important part. Again, U.S. immigration law provides the employer must pay. This significant employer cost associated with most visas discourage many employers from considering non-U.S. workers for vacancies. Generally, only those employers who cannot find anyone in the U.S. meeting their requirements use these visa programs. As a side note, sometimes employers will fill visa applications and pass the cost on to the workers and ask the workers to pay the attorney fees, for example. That is illegal. So any potential visa beneficiary should be concerned if asked to participate in this kind of arrangement. If the employer is not allowing U.S. law at the beginning of the petition of the visa, how likely is it that the employer is going to follow the same law once the worker starts working? Besides tourist and working visas, another popular option is a study visa. If you need to come to the United States to go to school, there are different visa options for that too. You could possibly come to the U.S. as an academic student, a vocational non-academic student, or an exchange visitor. For instance, if you wish to come to the United States to get a degree in English, you should obtain an F-1 visa. If you wish to attend some sort of trade college to become an auto mechanic, you'll need to get an M1 type visa. And lastly, if you wanted to be a research assistant in the U.S. and participate in a graduate program, you would come here with a J1 type visa. All school visas don't allow you to work or get a job in the U.S. for at least the first year. If you're studying at the university or college after one year, you may be able to get employment on campus through a work study program. It is possible in theory to get authorized work off campus, but it's very difficult to meet the requirements. Now, sometimes people come to the U.S. as a tourist on a B-2 visa, and then they decide they want to stay here and study. They wonder if it's possible to go back and change their status from a B-2 to an F-1 so that they don't have to go back to their home country and change their visas. 
Now, in theory, this is definitely possible, but it is quite difficult. So to be successful, you would probably need to hire an immigration attorney to help with that. In the future, we may go over this process in detail, but if you want us to do so, please send us an email so we can know to add that to our show topics. So say you want to come to the U.S., but you're not a tourist, a student, or a worker, so you don't fall into any of the classifications we've already discussed. There are specialized visas. As an example, there is the Type U visa that you can get if you've been abused as a victim of a crime and are aiding government officials to investigate the case. Another example is a visa for someone who wants to come to the United States to create employment opportunities through business ownership. This visa is called an investor visa or an E2 visa. For all these specialized visas, we would need a separate podcast to cover the requirements and nuances of how to apply for them. Again, if this is something that you guys are interested in, leave us a comment and we will definitely add it to our show topics. So as you can see, the U.S. immigration law provides many different types of visas paired to an equally varying reasons why somebody might come to the United States. Certain visas are easier to get than others, and also different visas allow you to remain in the United States for varying lengths of time. Getting a work visa can be hard in that you need a sponsoring employer. Should you wish to visit the U.S. on a short-term basis, it's likely there is some kind of visa for you. If you are having difficulty in finding out precisely which visa type works best for you, visit our website, immigrationlawofmt.com, and under U.S. visas, we have a U.S. visa types, a guide. You may find one, maybe even several that fit your circumstances. Our law firm can assist you and help you figure out which one is best for you. If an employer needs help, we can also help prepare and submit the required application. Well, we hope that this was informative. Thanks so much for listening. Hopefully the information that we shared made sense to you and helps you. If you want to know more about this topic or any immigration law topic, please visit us on the web. You can find us at www.immigrationlawofmt.com. And most places around the world, you could probably just search Montana Immigration Lawyer. We are the first one that comes up. Again, Immigration Law of Montana PC. We're also on Facebook and you can contact us and like our page also. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and send us topics if there's something that you want us to cover. And in case you need to speak to an immigration lawyer, again, feel free to contact us here on the podcast page or at immigrationlawofmt.com. I've been your host, Joanna. We'll see you at the next episode. Thanks.